0: Welcome to episode 43 of the Daniel Yoris Podcast with today's guest, John Canlis. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. As per usual, I always appreciate your attention. I'm joined today by John Canlis, who is a registered dietitian, and he's the first registered dietitian that we've had on the podcast, and some of you will know that my frustrations with speaking about nutrition so i'm grateful that there are people like john to get into the nitty-gritty with john thanks for joining me man
1: how you doing daniel thank you glad to be here
0: yeah yeah i, I appreciate you coming on um, and i'm happy to have you as well um let's let's get right into it so we don't need to uh, take too much time go ahead and introduce yourself and just tell us who you are and, and what it is that you do and what it means to be a registered dietitian
1: so I am, uh, my name is John. I am a registered dietitian. Uh, right now, I live currently here in California. And I've been a dietitian for about uh, seven years. So right now, uh, you know, my job or my role, um, I work part time growing my, my, my private practice or what they call in the nutritional private practice and my, my business. So um, I'm growing that on the side while Working in a prison, you know it's a, it's a it's a weird combination, but it works for me so and I've been doing that for the last year and a half growing my 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 business and working in prison and you know it, it has its own challenges as far as uh, um growing your business on the side while working in a prison setting and um, my eventual goal is to be uh, a fully fledged business owner where I can just um get rid of my my prison job, go to prison parole and just be a more more of a entrepreneur so that's kind of like my brief bio
0: that's awesome you you mean you don't want to stay working in prison for forever
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know prison has its interesting stories but you know what i find that i best do my skill when it's outside the prison because here in california as a dietitian i feel like it's very limited on what we can do because at the end of the day we have to we can't it's hard to treat them as patients or clients Cause you always have to be in the back of your head that you ha- they're prisoners and they can, when you look at their, their, their record and their chart, they do some atrocious things in, in, in their, in their past. And you're like, Holy crap. What did this guy do? I'm like, I, I've, I've, I've seen some, I've read some crazy story that I, I can know. Like it's hard to imagine this person did it. So I'm like, wow, I don't even want to help you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that I that can- type
0: of thing. I can only imagine how, how difficult that must be and how much of like a, what's the word, you know, a struggle in your brain. It's like, I'm trying to help this person, but this is a, this is a terrible person. Like they don't deserve my help type of thing. Right.
1: Yes. Yes. And, and, you know, with the prison setting in California, they have these things called privileges and not what, uh, when you see the prison setting in the TV, in TV, sometimes you see them in, in, in a locked setting in the prison, but in California, in this correctional facility, um uh many of them get to roam outside with the general public i don't know if that's uh that's a lot of people know that but in 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 prison they get to roam around so you could be walking literally right next to them while you're while you're cooking if you're in a kitchen setting or if you're working in construction because they let uh, inmates have these opportunities whether it's uh working in a kitchen being in a construction, painting, building, and they have these upgrowth opportunities for prison, but you always have to be in the back of your head that they're prisoners at the end of the day. And whenever you have to remind yourself to not to, if you're getting close, remind to the, to, to yourself to look at their background and see what they did in the past because they're there for a reason, you know?
0: Right. Interesting. I, I for sure did not know that. I would imagine, are they like supervised somehow or or, or being watched or are they... Like, how is that even prison if they're just let out to do, you know, work and be normal? So surrounding the whole
1: facility, um, it's like a big outdoor mall, you know? So the this prison setting, believe it or not, it has its own, um, it has its own police. It has its own barber shop. It has its mm-hmm. own, uh, crazy, right? It yeah. has its own cafe for inmates. Um, so whenever they roam around, there's correctional officers everywhere, um, but there's there's like a, there's like a ratio i don't know i don't know exactly what the ratio is for for the prison setting but whenever a prisoner does a job there's always like one or two uh correctional officers hanging around just in case uh something goes wrong or something gets bad but they're not supervised per se like someone following them um every step they take they're just a a, a guard or a correctional officer's there and they roam around as they please Right. In, the, in the in the correctional facility, within their limits.
0: Right. Okay. So, the, so there are some limits as to where they can go and, and the things that they can do. It's not just like free roam, you know, downtown San Francisco. Just go do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But they do. But I was surprised
1: when I came into the job how much autonomy and how much rights and freedom they have, and and I was amazed how 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 much how much we give them as a state, how much California gives them. And it's crazy like how much we give them, you know, three meals a day, free Medicare, free healthcare, doctor, dietitian, psychiatrist, nurses, um, psychologists, three meals a day, fresh clothes, soap, shampoo, mental health, everything, man. It's just yeah. nuts. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's, it's, it's wild. And especially, you know, it, it sounds like you're in a facility where these are not like, you know, small crimes. There are some people who have done some, some pretty nasty things. Um, yeah. and, and you know, yeah. m- most people don't have access to a dietitian like ever. I know very few people who who actually, you know, go out of their way to, to work with a dietitian. Um, and it's good that they do, but you know, those people are few and far between and, and it's a out of pocket expense and all this stuff. Meanwhile, the, the prisoners have it. And well, that's a whole other, you know, social issue that we can get into, um, maybe we'll kind of stray a little bit from that yeah. and and tell me about the work that you actually do. So why does, so why does a prison, and, and then we'll, we'll bleed this into, you know, a non-prisoner, but why yeah. do, why do prisoners need the help of a dietitian?
1: So as according to prison code or for, for, for it to be uh like a, a regulation for the California code, um, I don't know exactly what the, what the exact specific name is, but part of having prisoner rights is making sure they have adequate and reasonable, healthy uh, living standards where you don't deprive them of their rights. Part of their right is having adequate nutrition, and to have adequate nutrition, they have to have a dietitian supervise what they eat and uh, how much they eat. And if they have, if there's any prisoners to have uh, diseases or ailments like heart disease or diabetes, it's part of uh, our role to help them using the power of food to kind of mitigate or reduce their risk as a, as a, as a prisoner. So if someone has a diet, if someone has diabetes, we can help them. If, if, if a prisoner were to be in our, in our, in our, in our setting, they have to have meat. They have to have, they have to have certain nutritional requirements to eat. So uh, to give you an example is our prisoners have to have at least three meals a day, three meals a day, 2,500 calories, 110 grams of protein and we have to have, we have to meet a minimum standard of vitamins a through z and we have to have those for for prisoners to be reasonably for them to have a reasonable health care standard so um i don't know if that made sense
0: <laughs> no it, it, it does make sense i'm just i'm just almost shocked by it like why don't we take this much care in schools, for example, like, or, or, you know, in hospitals, like I don't like do hospitals even have registered dietitians. I don't know, making the meal plans for, for these people. Like that sounds like a solid, you know, meal plan where it's calorie balanced, vitamin micronutrient balanced and, you know, an adequate enough amount of protein, maybe not tons to be like building muscle for some big guys, but you know, it's (laughs) enough protein in there. And it's like, that sounds like a pretty solid diet. Like, why don't more people, why don't we all just eat like this?
1: You know the, the the hospitals do have it, but the difference is they the patient has to pay for it. The prisoners in the California setting they don't they never have to pay for this. Um, and believe it or not, they all we also have gyms there. <laughs> right. Yeah. We also have gyms, and I've seen some guys there pretty jacked. It just makes me wonder. And they have no they it's just very simple body weight exercises, and I'm amazed how muscular some of them really really get. We just simple workouts and. You're right. Why do we why why do we have why do we spend so much? I mean, last time I looked, uh, California spent around 11 billion dollars in just the prison taking care of the prisoners. I don't know exactly how much um, the state spends on public health or schools, but 11 billion dollars is a lot. Not yeah. uh, not including the stimulus money that uh, the, the, the the government gave them, but um, we give them a lot. <laughs> You'll be right
0: for sure so so in the prison do you do work both on like a a macro scale of you kind of help design the meal plan for for each week in the cafeteria that all the prisoners get and as well as helping individual inmates with their individual nutrition based on their uh, medical needs
1: so as a dietitian, we're we're part of a team like a management there's a management team there's a food service team there's a manager and there's like a budget person, not necessarily me, but just a dietitian as a whole, that we have to have, uh, we, we go through these menus and we have to make sure what, what they call as a nutritionally adequate. You know, for a grown man, an average, you know, 5'9", 5'10", 170, 180, they're supposed to get this amount of calories and protein. And we set the standard and we're, they're supposed to get a certain amount of vegetables, certain amount of fiber, and we have to hit those goals. Right. So that's our part as a macro scale. We have to have these macro goals for person eating a, a regular meal, a person that's eating like a a, a a meal that's for that, for diabetic, for people that have heart disease and kidney disease. And also on the other side of that, we have individualized one. People that want to, what we want to talk to like a client one-on-one instead, instead of going like person to person, like face-to-face very close we sometimes have to go through like a we we can't really open the door because they might attack us, but sometimes on some some cases we have to we have to talk through through the door. Right. You know, just speak out loud and talk to them about their nutrition, which is kind of tricky themselves. So we have that macro scale and we have that one on one counseling that we provide services to as a diet as a as a dietitian.
0: Right. Now now in within the individualized eating. Are they? Are they? Do they have access to you? Is if an inmate just wants to lose weight, for example, they don't have a medical condition per se, but they say oh, I want to lose weight. Do they get an individualized meal plan for something like that?
1: Uh, for this facility that we have, uh, they're not supposed to get individualized like a custom meal plan. But in the past, in other facilities, I think that might be that might be something that they do because one of the reasons why we don't do individualized meal plan because if one inmate gets it. They all get it. Right. And there's about twenty two thousand seven hundred inmates in our facility because, and once you once you do one, then they're gonna start catching on because they have, um, they ha- they 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 talk to each other and they listen to each other and they and and once the word gets around, you know, it it kind of come it it kind of it kind of becomes a mess. And so, yeah, the meals are very standard. There's very few uh, individualized diet or meal plan, and those individuals have like severe allergy, food allergies. But other than that, it's very basic.
0: Right. Now, I just thought of this now, I would imagine that the outcomes based on these nutrition protocols are actually quite successful. And the reason being in my head is that you know, at, at home, someone who needs to adhere to a diet has the option of chips, and oh my, my girlfriend, my boyfriend, my son, my mother, yeah. you know likes to have all this garbage in the house, and I can't stick to it in the discipline, but in the prison setting, it sounds like it's just imposed on you. This is the meal that's given to you. If you don't eat it, you're not getting anything else, and so you know the outcomes will be better is that Is that true?
1: Yes, for some individuals, and no for some, because indiv- inmates also have rights, so if their family outside uh, gives them money. Guess what? We have a, they have a catalog filled with hundreds and thousands of chips, snacks, glaze, mm. and they can buy whatever they want. It's like, it's like Walmart, but in, 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 they just pick whatever food they want, honey buns, potato chips, donuts, and it comes to them a couple, a, a month or two later. So that's the problem. And another problem with that one is if we can't regulate that as a dietitian because it's their right, it's their, it's their freedom to eat whatever they want. We can provide them a healthy diet, but if they don't want to stick to it, they can eat their honey buns, their chips, their dough, their soda, their, their whatever they want. So um that's a difficult thing too, um, when it comes to balancing their health, because they can eat whatever they want, but if, if they have no money, they stick to the right whatever we give them. If they do have money, a lot of them do now because we gave them the stimulus money and unemployment money. If they do now, they can <laughs> they, they they buy literally whatever they want.
0: Right. Interesting. Yeah. I guess. I guess you know they are still people, so they have to have some some freedom of choice and whatever. But um, I, you know, it sounds like it's a little bit of a a little bit of a more difficult step. They can't just run down to the to the convenience store and buy a bag of chips when they want. It has to be ordered and pre approved and all this stuff. So so maybe it's a little bit easier to adhere to stuff. But you know, like always, they're. People will find a way around things.
1: They'll always find a way, even if even if uh, you give them a diet. You know, sometimes they'll, they'll if 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 they go to a yard, which is like their designated out time for some prisoners, they'll trade food with other inmates. They mm-hmm. eat, hey, can I get your snacks? I'm not, I'm still hungry. Can I get your chips? You know, so even though they have a balanced diet, if they eat more than what they need, they'll they'll gain weight. And right. you know, it's and sometimes the, the inmates there that work on the, in the kitchen and construction, they get paid. They get paid money. Um, I think it was like 50 cents an hour, you know, but they do get paid. So if they have nothing else to do and everything is provided for them, those 50 cents an hour adds up.
0: <laughs> right, for sure. Yeah, well, they're not spending it on anything. So, I mean, yeah, it will yeah. still add up and like, to buy a bag of chips and stuff, it's not yeah. that expensive. But that's interesting. It sounds a little bit like... Uh, you know, like elementary school, you trade your snacks with your friends. Exactly. You know, you're, you know, <laughs> my mom gave me an apple today and your mom gave you, uh, you know, some candy. It's like, well, maybe we can trade this and sh- trade back tomorrow. Something like that.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of exactly what it is. And sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like we're, it's a, it's a big giant, uh, babysitting club, but yeah. that, can, that can, they can hurt you really bad, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's exactly, like, you're, you're taking care of them and you're kind of like babysitting them in some sense. So, yeah.
0: Very interesting. It's a, it's something that I wouldn't have ever, like when you mentioned it to me b- before we recorded, I was like, wow, I never thought that this would even be a thing that this would even be available to them. But I can see how it how it w- would be important um, and, and how it does make sense. But then, you know, there, there's a whole lot of other, again, social issues and, and, and opinions and, and thoughts that, that come into all of this.
1: Yes. Yeah, so once, once you work in prison, you have people that are for it. Some people are not for it. Um, you know, that, that's, that's a whole nother issue that, that will never probably end, but you know, it's, it is what it
0: is. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So then in your, in your private practice, you work with individuals or do you work with groups of people like an entire company or, or who is it?
1: I work with individuals right now. Since I'm trying to build my clientele base, I'm more wanting to do just getting the experience of working with one-to-one. And, you know, the, the coaching side and the marketing side and the sales side. And those are the skills that I, I, I want to build up. And eventually I'd like to do a group, uh group model, but getting there while working a part-time job, it's like, you can only work in your business so much, like, cause you, know, I, cause I'm, cause I'm working on it Mondays and Tuesdays and partially Sundays. And I need a day off unless I, be, unless i am be working seven days a week, which is not healthy, you know, so. It's a slow climb, to be honest with you. Um, It's a lot more challenging than I thought when I started. A lot more challenging than I thought. So, um, yeah, just right now it's individuals
0: of course yeah i mean the the business side of things is things is always the uh the difficult part and I, and i think that that might be especially true for those of us who are you know trainers or otherwise you know secondary health professionals not medical doctors type of thing where people got to pay out of pocket and and obviously completely different model in the us than versus canada mm-hmm. but um but uh, yeah, the, the the business side of things is always the is always the tough part because we just want to help people. But um, what it's, what type it's, it's of people man. The, the,
1: the business side? I don't know if 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 you're trying to promote yourself online, but in the or in person, yeah, it's it's challenging. Yeah, <laughs> a, yeah lot of, mine, a lot of a lot of noise out there, you know.
0: Yeah, a lot a lot of noise, and but the way that I like to think of it optimistically is there's uh, there's a lot of noise, there's a lot of competition, but there's uh there's a lot of people. There's still eight billion people in the world or whatever it is, and X number of them are, are online and they all have a body. They all need to exercise and move and eat. And so, you know, there's, there's not 8 billion dietitians and trainers and stuff out there. So, you know, we don't, I don't need to help. I don't need to help a million people like, you know, 10, 20, 30, you know, maybe a hundred people like at a time that's good. Right. So that's, that's how I kind of stay optimistic myself. Um, in terms of the 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 people that you do see, so the individuals, what do they mainly come to you for? like why does someone seek the help of a registered dietitian as opposed to coming to someone like me where I basically yell at people on the internet to you know <laughs> stop eating like an asshole and uh, you know just eat foods that you think are healthy like what 's the next level there
1: so as a registered registered dietitian uh, here in the United States. We have certain privileges that uh, health coaches or nutritionists cannot do. So, one, we are able, we're, we're, our services can be reimbursed by, by your health insurance. That would be number one. Uh, number two, um, if they were to come for me, it's a lot of times, um, one, I can do the weight loss thing. And two, um, if they have certain health conditions like diabetes, kidney disease, um, cancer, or you know high blood pressure, high cholesterol, we can do what we call the medical nutrition therapy, which is using nutrition to mitigate any medical issues that you have and medical nutrition therapy is reserved for registered dietitians not it can't be done by nutritionists, it can't be done by personal trainers and if you were to claim one, anyone that's not a registered dietitian you're being, you're, you're, you're held liable because you could give someone wrong advice that has diabetes or um, kidney disease and you could really mess them up really bad because you have to know their conditions. You have to know uh, lab values, um, cholesterol, the the levels, the ratio, anything that's going on that's biochemistry related, you you have to do it. Um, that would be the big difference. Uh, mitigating or controlling your, medical or health issues as opposed to just pure weight loss. They're just giving them general coaching advice on how to eat healthy.
0: Right. Of course. And, And so do most people come to you for weight loss or do most people come to you because of a medical issue?
1: In online space, they come for weight loss, but in the outside, they come for much more, much deeper ones. So, typically, I position myself as uh, someone that helps people with diabetes because my family has a history of family diabetes, and you know, being um, being Filipino and Asian American, we're naturally predisposed to a higher risk of uh, diabetes as opposed to someone that's that's white or non non Asian. So, I want to help. Uh, through that path um so outside so online it's mostly weight loss but but on the in the real world and in in person it's mostly a lot of medical nutrition stuff like diabetes
0: right yeah that that makes sense the 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 weight loss stuff is always like you know the fancy the the attention grabber type of thing but yeah and and you, you tell me it's like the weight loss thing is is maybe more it's more of a mental game it's relatively simple from like a Dietitian perspective there's not some crazy diet protocols that you got to give someone whereas working with someone who is diabetic and maybe they have a blood pressure issue and maybe they you know they've got a few um comorbidities there's a lot there's a little bit more effort that needs to go into thinking about how and what this person should eat
1: yeah so for weight loss it's very straightforward but you know there's so much noise out there in the online space that people get confused you know people get confused and now you're so paralyzed you don't know what to do but the the, the 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 principles are simple but to execute them is another because there's so much noise so much so much bs out there and then people people you know people kind of don't know what to do now but you know when it comes to medical nutrition therapy for for diabetes or kidney disease you really do have to know what's going on inside the body like the chemistry biochemistry on a cellular level because if you don't if someone that just did a certification like a health or nutrition certification they may not be aware What's happening in the body? They may not be aware of how to read certain doctors' notes or lab results. As supposed to dietitian, where we're trained to do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree. Like I coach people, coach people on nutrition. Air quotes for anyone listening to that. And it's like <laughs> it's not it's not the uh, it's not in depth. It's it's more. I actually think of it more as like lifestyle changing and lifestyle coaching. It's I'm really not, you know, yeah. I'm not telling people what to eat and maybe you know we'll talk about certain amounts and stuff like that, but it's more lifestyle coaching rather than like actual diet coaching because, you know, of all the things that you just mentioned, right?
1: It's, it's really what it is. It's about a lifestyle change. And, you know, I mean, I've see, I'm sure you've seen this before, like, you know, in, in Instagram, YouTube, you know, they... Mike Chang. I don't know if how if Mike Chang he eats like a, he he does like an infomercial like oh broccoli is bad for you or chicken breast and broccoli. A lot of these hype marketing stuff to to promote themselves and unfortunately a lot of those things work because people like to that like to grab to gravitate to that. They don't like the things that are logical and make sense. Right. <laughs> they like to do the the things that oh my god thirty pounds in thirty days. Where do I sign up? You know, and it sucks, but you know, it's, I don't know what else to do about it. Man.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no, it, it is, it is what it is. It's, it's difficult. And, uh, you know, that's why we have conversations like this to, you know, keep, uh, keep putting out good information and, and little by little it will, it will get there. Yes. So I think, I think a, a question that I have for you and, and that might be interesting for many people is as someone who's a registered dietitian, how do you eat? What does your diet look like?
1: Um, typically my diet, is uh right now it's been a little bit more balanced because I'm trying to maintain right now uh, trying to build a business and working uh in prison, it's a little hard to put on muscle because you know, um I have a family, I have a girlfriend and kids, so that spending time with them plus growing a business plus working, it's a little bit challenging. So right now, um typically I don't really count my calories, but I do make sure that um every meal that I have for lunch and din- breakfast, lunch and dinner. Have some type of fruits and vegetables and lean protein. Um, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't count the calories. Um, I don't uh, like, you know, count the protein per se. But I, I am pretty good at eyeballing since I've done it so much. Um, it's, it's more of a of a seafood diet, relatively to what I had. But I do eat a lot of fruits and vegetables, and typically when you eat a lot of fruits and vegetables and lean protein, most people tend to be lean when they start eating that, because naturally they don't have a lot of calories and you get full right away. Um, but when you, when you, when you don't have a lot of those, which is like the typical American diet, that's when the weight gain consistently doing that. That's when the weight gain happens. So, um, lots of fruits and vegetables and like lean proteins.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. You know, nobody's going to Nobody's going to accidentally overeat chicken breasts or you know, hard, shrimp or something like that. You're not just going to have like 3,000 calories of chicken breasts by accident. That, It'll never happen.
1: <laughs> it, it is, it is. It's, it's, it's hard to overeat on fruits and vegetables and chicken breasts and they're very filling. So um, I, it's hard for me to down 40, 50 grams of chicken breasts. Plus I have veggies, plus I have fruit. Yeah, it's hard.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, like you know, frequent listeners of the podcast will know, it's like if you just eat real foods... It mm-hmm. solves a lot of your problems when you start getting into the processed stuff, and then you got to be more cognizant of the of the count of those calories because your your body doesn't you know you don't feel full on them, so it's much easier to overeat these processed foods than it is to overeat real foods.
1: Yes, yes, and I try to convey that in my in my Instagram and in my stories, you know, and hopefully I get one of those people to stick. But sometimes it's hard because I know, you know, some some people struggle with working two jobs three jobs some people have four or five kids some people are not able to you know whether it's their mindset like we talked about something's blocking them they don't believe in that you know it could be a, a number of combination but simple things you know minimally processed foods eat that day in day out guarantee you, you're going to be very lean and healthy
0: yes yes and and rewind the 10 sec hit the 10 second rewind button and listen to that again for everybody who needs to hear that because that that's the most important thing right and and you know like like John mentioned before it's not it's not it's not easy it is simple in nature it is simple to think about it but it's not easy and everyone's got you know everyone's got their uh roadblocks in life kids jobs stress you know whatever it is but that doesn't mean that it's impossible for you, right? There are people who are, you know, it's not a comparison game, but there are people that are like super busy, busier than you, the listener, and they get it done. So, you know, don't necessarily play that game, but you can get it done if you really want to.
1: And a lot of people, you know, don't want to get help, which is what my role comes in. You know, whether it's a trainer trying to get, uh, trying to give you that accountability or a dietitian trying to remind you having that accountability, but unfortunately they don't think, they, they, they want to do it, airway and it, it and next thing you know six months to a year later they're still stuck on the same thing and you know a lot of people uh kind of spin their own wheel and not know what to do and next and they they still don't make any progress and that's what a dietitian or a trainer is for to help you uh, put the pieces together and help you figure out that puzzle because sometimes it is hard like today uh about a couple of hours ago, i have a call from i have a i have a what we call a discovery call with someone that has four kids, works two jobs, has a stay at home mom. And she, he's about five foot six, 330 pounds. And he wants to lose weight, you know, and he got, he didn't get there that accident, but you know, over time, it's kind of kind of gotten to him to the point that his doctor's telling him you need to get the dietitian's up or else something else could happen. And he finally, you know, took my advice and we're going to talk later today, but yeah, it's a lot of multi multifactorial issues too.
0: Yeah. What are, what are some of the, um, the biggest like myths or most common myths that people bring to that? They say, Oh, I, I saw online that I shouldn't do, you know, X. What, what are some <laughs> of the most common ones that you, that you see?
1: One of the most common things, like what most popular right now in the prison setting without employees there and here around here in my shared office is, a. Uh, the low or no carb diet, you know, doing keto diet. Oh man. It's so freaking popular here. If I had a uh-huh. dollar people talking about keto diet, I I probably wouldn't need to establish my business because it, it's literally everywhere doing no carb, low carb, you know, only eating, um, meats and, 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 and anything, anything that's not carby, they get rid of. And the truth is, you can still have your carbs, fruits and vegetables and bread and still lose weight. You just have to learn how to be in a caloric deficit, which is hard for, for people to do because a lot of them think black and white. It's hard to think in the gray area in the middle, you know, so that the keto diet. Another thing that they 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 really believe is um, that... Uh, organic foods. I know I'm I'm going to trigger a lot of people. I could have triggered people before about organic food is being healthier and, and, and better than non-organic, food, which is totally not true. You know, if you want to eat organic food then that's fine, but it's not superior to non-organic food. So those are the things that stick out. Organic foods are healthier and better and uh, keto, which is like, um, like the the most popular diet nowadays around here.
0: Yeah. The keto thing for sure. I mean, it- it's it's funny to me because most people don't actually do keto. They just cut out carbs and call it keto to be part of the fan club. <laughs> and like those, you know, eating low carb and eating keto are two different things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're similar, of course, but they're two different things. So so that's, that's one for sure. And I mean, anybody who thinks that, you know, some, for some people, that's going to be a great strategy. That's yeah. sustainable for them to never eat carbohydrates again. And you know what, if that works for you, by all means, like... You know, do your thing. Not, not going to work for me. There are periods and there's a time and a place, but not forever. Yeah. But, um, the organic foods thing is interesting. So tell me about, tell me a little bit more, more about that. Why are organic foods kind of like with a broad stroke why are they not always better than, uh, non-organic foods?
1: So organic versus non-organic, um, from a price standpoint, our organic foods are going to be more expensive because they're more labor intensive and contrary to popular belief, organic foods does use pesticides. And when they say, "Oh, they use chemical pesticides, well, whether it's chemical well whether it's man made or not man paid, a poison to an insect is still a poison right the, depending whether cyanide is natural but it can it can be really deadly so I mean that if you want to go that route, and another thing too, one of the reasons why organic food is more expensive because it's more labor intensive it takes more square uh footage of land to actually grow it's more uh, it's more of an intensive process to to grow an organic food versus a non-organic food and unfortunately the marketing around organic food is such a hype train hype train that um, a lot of people believe in it so much so that here in the united states we have a grocery store dedicated only to organic foods called whole foods Jeff Bezos owns it now, so um, <laughs> um, everything that they sell is organic, and they, and they position themselves as healthier, which is not necessarily the case. You know, Price point, the uh, more labor-intensive, and the belief that it doesn't contain any harmful chemicals or pesticides is a false belief.
0: Right. Yeah. The price thing is for sure an interesting one because there's always got to be a trade off, right? It's like maybe, you know, from an economic standpoint, food isn't the place that you necessarily want to be cheaping out on, but yeah. you don't want to have to pay more than you have to. And for those who maybe can't afford it, then, then that presents an obvious barrier and a real barrier to uh, purchasing those organic foods. So I think maybe one kind of thing that I want to zero in on then is would it be safe to say that the organic foods are less are not always better. And it's because of the way that we label them as organic and that they're not as organic as we think they are. But if foods were truly organic, would they be always healthier than, and not like labeled organic, but a truly organic food, would it be healthier than the non-or- non-organic non version?
1: So if you were to literally have an organic, which means like no pest, no nothing, um, the yield output of a plant would be much, much less um speaking to that, like when I went to Philippines about a year and a half ago, um, I, one of the things I noticed was our, their fruits and vegetables were significantly smaller than their American counterparts. And that's the product of, you know, um, not having, putting much into the soil, meaning not, not much fertilizer, not chemical fertilizer, less of everything. So um, when you think of it that way, um, output per plant or per tree or per 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 acre is going to be much less because the uh, the the methods that a non organic uh, farmer would use would be more uh, conducive to feeding larger populations versus organic, where you have to put more effort. Even though you put more effort for the organic ones, they do they would they would still. Uh, They would be more labor intensive and they would be, they would yield less output, which is why it's more expensive.
0: Right. So, so if I was just trying to, instead of thinking about like the, you know, a a grander scale trying to feed a city or a country, if I was just trying to feed one person and I had one banana versus one banana, non-organic versus organic, but the, the organic banana was, you know, legitimately organic, would that be more nutrient dense than the non-organic version? It might not be as feasible on like a large scale, but would it be the nutrient impact of it?
1: the nutrient from a nutrient perspective there's no significant difference from uh, from organic and non-organic and i say significant because i'm 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 not 100% sure but from the studies i've seen from the studies i've read there's really no it doesn't justify the cost for having that Price for the organic uh, banana. So even if it was just 0.5 percent better, would you play? Would you pay 50 percent more for a once one banana? I mean, that's it's 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 debatable. So it's really up to you. If you're okay with paying 50 percent or 25 percent more for the one for organic banana for that half or to a one percent more nutrient dense banana, then by all means, then do it. But to me, in my opinion, it's not worth it. You can just eat the banana and a half and still save your money and be okay
0: with it. <laughs> That's funny. That's a good way. That's a good way to, uh, to put it. And I think that, you know, I think that you would agree with me here is that people eating non-organic foods versus organic foods is not necessarily the cause of the obesity epidemic or pandemic or whatever you want to call it. It's like, yeah, yeah the re- people eating non-organic bananas is not the reason why the U S is in one of the, the most obese countries in the world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, it shows too. I mean, Majority of the people here is obese, uh, is overweight or obese and it's multifactorial. Even the Filipinos here, uh, here in America, when I went to Philippines about a year and a half ago, you can tell a big difference as far as height and as far as weight. Typically the Filipinos here are taller and they're wider too. They probably approximately weigh about 30 to 40 pounds difference uh, when it comes to the weight. And it's not a that's not an accident. People here just eat more. Food is plentiful, food is cheaper here um, food that is cheap is usually uh highly processed versus in philippines if you 're poor you 're stuck with vegetables and seafood and minimal minimally processed food here if you 're poor or if you don 't have a lot of money, you go to taco Bell or mcdonald 's you know <laughs> very different if you 're poor there versus poor here you know
0: right it 's almost like being being poor there is is healthier in a way
1: yeah less 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 calories definitely which is why. A lot of uh Filipinos there are much much slimmer versus here, so
0: right, yeah, it's such an interesting thing, just just uh you know culturally speaking but but that is interesting to you know to make that distinction about the organic versus non organic where it's like it's not it probably matters to a small degree, but you know you gotta factor in the entire picture, the cost the time the everything to see whether it's really worth it for for one as an individual
1: yeah in a grand scheme of things, I don't think it matters, you know if you were to speak to someone in the in 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 living in a very dense city and they don't have organic food and they were ta- they're taught to believe that's the only thing to be healthy then you know what you know they're probably not gonna it's it's probably a, the wrong message you know the key message is to eat your fruits vegetables and as much as minimally processed food as you can that's really like what's going to maximize your health in the long run whether it's organic or not organic
0: Right. Yeah, I I totally agree with you on that. I have uh, one more question that I want to ask you because I know we're we're running uh, out of time a little yeah. bit here, but what are your thoughts on supplements and how do you use them uh with with clients and and patients?
1: So when it comes to supplements from a client point of view it depends. Like if 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 they're if if I'm working with someone that's very petite, very small and they're still trying to lose weight, like petite does in stature-wise, stature-wise, but not, not weight-wise, I might supplement them with like a multivitamin if I, if I find that their nutrition log isn't particularly adequate and they've done all the effort they can to eat more fruits and vegetables. And that's a very rare occasion. Um, another reason why I would indicate someone getting a supplement is if they can't drink enough, uh, if they can't get enough protein, if they're trying to put on muscle. So one of the things I recommend to my clients is if you want to, you can just get supplement like a protein powder, and at at, at the very minimum, um, it's very goal specific. Um, if if they're trying to put on muscle, I, I might tell them, "Hey, this is an option for you. Um, get this weight uh, protein, protein powder, and maybe creatine to help you eke out a couple of reps when when it comes to your workout." When it comes to it in a medical setting, in a healthcare setting. That's more more specific. Like if someone has pressure ulcer, uh, pressure ulcer is if 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 you're if you're lying down, you get bed sores. If you've been lying down for days and days at a time, and they start getting sores, open wounds, I might supplement them with like a vitamin C, a uh, thousand milligrams of vitamin C and zinc, and extra protein, like an extra shot of uh, whey protein. Um, but other than that, I'm always focusing on minimally processed foods, and Helping them navigate their lifestyle, like we said it's a lot of lifestyle changes and reminding them and telling them, "Hey, this is what you can do, this is what's possible. let me help you how you get there um, it's not necessarily always nutrition coaching it's more about lifestyle and telling them this is possible, but for the medical one, you really have to be more detailed when it comes to the supplement there's so many there's a lot of things that you, that can happen in and that there's a lot of things that you should be doing and should not be doing when it comes to individuals that have diabetes kidney disease, or someone has heart disease.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I think we're very much on the same page about, you know, supplements are something that's supposed to be used to supplement your diet. They shouldn't I mean, replace they your can. diet. So, you know, try and fix the things with real foods, with lifestyle. And once you've covered all those bases, if there's still a need for the supplement, then yes, add it. Exactly. But, you know, don't don't rely on it. It shouldn't be your crutch.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing, man. This this was awesome. I think we'll have to do this again at some point. We we've got a lot more things to cover, and yeah. it's always good to to hear it from someone who is much much more of an expert than <laughs> than I am and can go way more in depth. Um, but let let people know where they can find you uh, both locally, people in in California, and and online.
1: So online, you can find me on my Instagram, John Canvas R D. That's John Canless, letter R, letter D. I also have a Facebook group where I give a lot of healthy uh, like tips when it comes to nutrition and weight loss and general healthy eating. And my Facebook group name is called Sustainably Fit and Healthy because at the end we're all about sustainability. Uh, locally, you I can you can find me and my if you Google my name uh, in the local address. I'm here in the Bay Area, so if you Google John Candace Nutrition, my office will pop up. Uh, set up an appointment with me. Let's have a chat and we'll see how I can help each other out.
0: Awesome, I'll, and I'll include all of that in the show notes as well, so people can click through and find you there. Is there anything else that you want to leave the people with here in closing, John?
1: Um, I think I've said all that I can. I mean, there's more, there's certainly more to talk about when it comes to health and prison setting, and maybe some controversial topics out there because there's Lord knows there's so many. But I think we've covered just a good enough, you know.
0: Yeah the the nutrition conversation is never ending and it, and it will never end just when you think you've you've uh, you know covered all the bases someone's going to come up with some new stupid trending thing that you have to debunk so
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> just
0: the way it goes yeah awesome yeah. well thank you thank you so much for your time I, I really appreciate you thank you everybody to listening i hope you got some some value out of this and you know you learned all the lessons to to keep things simple don't rely on supplements and you know do the basics well eat real whole foods And don't eat like an asshole, but that's coming from me, not like John. No, not not from John. So you can quote me on that one. But um, yeah, make sure you're following John on social media. Check him out if you're in the Bay Area or online, either one. And make sure you're following me on Instagram as well. If and when you get a chance at Daniel Yoris, make sure you send this podcast to someone who needs to hear it. Like and subscribe on iTunes and please give a rating and review if you get a chance. Other than that, be a good person. Go have a great day and we'll chat soon. Bye-bye.